Welcome to Family History, Genealogy Made Easy. I'm your host, Lisa Louise Cook. You probably have a lot of curiosity about your family history, but not a lot of time. And that's why I created this podcast. In each episode, I'm going to give you the tools that you need to uncover your family tree in quick and easy ways. In last week's episode, we dipped our toes into the news pool with a discussion of researching our family tree in newspapers with Jane Knowles Lindsay. She's the president of the California Genealogical Society. In today's episode, we're going to take it further as Jane tells us about the kinds of gems that we can find in newspapers. A lot of times, it's very interesting, if somebody came for a visit, they would say, you know, Mary Smith is coming to visit her mother, you know, from Omaha, Nebraska. And it gives you a place to look for that person if you've never been able to find them. Another person that I was doing research for, her ancestor um, was on a jury in San Francisco in the early 1900s, and they interviewed him because he was an older man and talked about his personality and described him and things that you would never find just by doing birth, marriages, and deaths. My personal feeling is that newspapers today don't really look at doing personal news items and things that are of interest to local communities, which is probably one of their downfalls. Newspapers are are really amazing because they are something that is um, a substitute for records that may have been destroyed, you know, like in the Civil War, or if a town's had a fire and they've lost all their records, you may find that you can replicate records um, by using newspapers. So I think that's what really is wonderful about them. Newspapers offer such a unique perspective on history in general, and our ancestors specifically. You can find everything from birth, marriage, and death announcements to school and club events, crime stories, sports activities, and just about any other activity that your ancestor was part of that made the news. So let's get back to our conversation with Jane and read all about it. Jane Lindsay Knowles, who currently serves as the president of the California Genealogical Society, has been researching her family history since 1982. Since becoming president of the society five years ago, she's enjoyed helping the society grow. She's a native of Massachusetts and is the past trustee and council member of the New England Historic Genealogical Society. Jane received her BS degree in nursing from Boston University, and she practiced nursing until 1983. She now enjoys teaching classes at the California Genealogical Society and always makes time for two research trips a year to Salt Lake City. Here's part two of my conversation with her. Well, I've got Jane Knowles-Lindsay back with me here on the show. Thrilled that you could stay over. Jane, thank you. You're welcome. And we talked in our last episode about the wide range of places and locations we should be looking for online and in person and in libraries for these newspapers. So I would just love to hear from you. What kinds of gems can we find in newspapers? What are we looking for? Well, it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, actually, I had fun when we first got newspaper archives at the Society. Um, they had the uh, Lowell Sun, which is the newspaper that um, was that published things about our high school and 
in the next town, and I actually found my engagement picture. Oh! <laughs> and um, one of our other members, um, she, her uncle worked for the New York Times when she got engaged, and she lived here in Arinda, and her picture's in the New York Times, so you never know <laughs> what you're going to find oh, as far yeah, as pictures. Oh, that is so true. Um, the other things... Um, in the older newspapers, um, I think a lot of times it's very interesting. If somebody came for a visit, they would say, you know, Mary Smith is coming to visit her mother, you know, from Omaha, Nebraska. And it gives you a place to look for that person if you've never been able to find them. Um, of course, there's obituaries. Um, everybody looks for those. But there's also clues for immigration. Sometimes if somebody um, was on a, on a passenger ship and they were not in steerage, but if they were in an upper class, they may be published as um, people entering the port of New York or Boston, and oh, you may right. be able to get information when they arrived. Great. Um, they also have um, who's staying at local hotels. Those are all things of the past, but they do add a lot of dimension uh, to to uh, your own research. Um, we had a sad situation um, Nancy Peterson, um, our CGS researcher, and I were doing some research for this woman in New York, and um, this woman was murdered in 1931. And so there were a lot of articles about the murder. Mm -hmm. Um, Another person that I was doing research for, her ancestor um, was on a jury in San Francisco in the early 1900s, and they interviewed him because he was an older man and talked about his personality and described him and things that you would never find just by doing birth marriages and deaths Mm -hmm. Uh, in the newspaper you'd get you know a little bit more one of the other things that i really i I actually don't know what newspaper it's in but i have a copy of it Mm -hmm. (laughs) is years ago somebody sent me a an article about a, a russell family reunion that was in illinois and it it lists all the people in the family. It tells the history of the family when they came to the United States. In this huge article, wow. um, I'd love to be able to find what newspaper it is, but unfortunately, they didn't put that in there and they didn't put the date. <laughs> so until it gets digitized, I'm not sure I'll find that out. That's an important tip, I think, for everyone because we're we're all guilty of it. That right. um, either an article gets sent to us or we in our just exuberance for having found something, we clip it or we uh, print it out. And you forget to write down not only which newspaper, but the date and hopefully the page number. And of course, that documentation is so critical down the road, isn't it? Right. And you know, that happens. I I really want to emphasize that if you find things on footnote or ancestry, some of them, when you print it out, it does not say where it's from. Exactly. And you also it's a little tip that I've learned is that um, if you've searched for it and you've gotten it in an unusual way, write down how you found it. Because I can tell you, you may never find it again. <laughs> so you can retrace your steps. Because newspaper pages are so large, you're, you're typically not copying or downloading the entire page. You're right. taking the section, which is even worse because the newspaper title and page is only that little tiny line at the very top or at the exactly. bottom. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, the other thing with newspapers is that one of the things that we pointed out in the talk that I gave was that when, you know, when people die, they usually have to publish um, a notification, you know, saying that they're administering the estate. Many times those types of things, uh, probates or land records, are published in the, the newspaper that's more used by the county and not by the town. 
So if people are looking uh, for additional information about their family members, they do need to be aware that there may be a local town newspaper or there may be a county newspaper. And sometimes the local newspaper may even be across the, across the county line because yeah. that, that's so close. Oh, that's a great tip because I guess it depends a bit on the nature of the event. Some things are uh, affecting county and taxes and things, or even you could potentially want to, for a major event to also check some of the larger cities nearby. Like yes. you mentioned with that crime, uh, while the local paper may have been reporting on it, the local large city may have had a much bigger spread. Yes. It, and it, it, you just have to look like um, Marge Bell uh, from the Family History Center, um, she was telling me that when she does research on her family in newspapers, her, her, the hometown of her ancestors is so close to the state line that she looks in the next state. Interesting. Because, so you just need to be aware of where your your person is and where the newspaper might be the most popular newspaper for their their news. Exactly. Wow. So you found life events, photographs, which I think are always exciting to find. And you mentioned things like um, when folks went visiting, and 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 oftentimes that was in a small town paper, but. And newspaper reporting has changed over the years, hasn't it? What, yes. what kind of a time frame are we going to find things like the visits and the social calendar and that kind of thing? Um, it's probably, depending on the size of the community and how, how long they kept their really local newspaper, you may find things, um, you know, even, you know, into the 60s and 70s. My personal feeling is that newspapers today don't really look at doing personal news items and things that are of interest to local communities, which is probably one of their downfalls. Yeah. But um, you, uh, like in my community where I grew up, there was the Lowell Sun, which was the big newspaper in the big city next door. And then we had one called the Bill Ricca News, which was a little teeny newspaper. And, you know, anything you wanted to publish, they would pretty much publish it. So that's that stayed pretty much true until probably, you know, in the... 80s or 90s, I would yeah. imagine. Well, I suppose that was a way to get readership and keep readership up was to right. mention the local people. <laughs> exactly. And that's who bought it. You know, they wanted yeah. to see about their kids in sporting events or, you know, who made the National Honor Society or, um, you know, some fundraiser that was going on. And, and that's another thing um, I found really interesting was that um, one of my great aunts told me that one of our ancestors had died in a train crash and she told me who she thought it was and so I went this was in the old days so I went to the Boston Public Library and started going through all the newspapers because I knew around you know around the time of death of this person that she was talking about well it turned out it wasn't her but there was a head-on train crash and went into great detail about the people on the train and gave little personal vignettes about some of the people oh. on the train, which is quite, you know, it, it adds another another dimension to your, to your research. Well, that's a great idea because I actually have a similar train type of incident story in my family that doesn't seem to pan out the way that it was told. Right. But so, there, so maybe the newspaper would be a way to uncover uh, what was the real version that they'd kind of morphed over the years. That's true. <laughs> And, and you'll be surprised um, what they'll say, and sometimes they'll give you, um, um, like, information like the first day they find out, and then you should always look the next day or two because they may have more information that could um, be actually a better story than the first day 
that it happened. That's a great tip because obviously there's a lot more information a week or a month down the road than there was at the initial incident. Same thing with even simple things like obituaries. We have to remember it's not the day of death. It's perhaps a couple of days later, and there can be a variety of announcements, can't there? There, Yes, um, there's sometimes just a death notice. Yeah. Um, But then if it's it's someone that's fairly prominent or if it's someone who um, their family wanted to write an article about them, there could be a much larger article, depending on if it's a weekly paper or a daily paper, a day or two or a week after. For example, the the birth that I found in, um, it was December 24th, and um, I looked, I started looking on December 25th, but I didn't find it until the 31st. Oh, wow. But I was persistent, and I yeah. found it. <laughs> and it could have just been a lack of space, and not every paper published every day either, did they? Exactly. That's what I mean. It makes a difference. And sometimes you have to pay attention to the fact that there's a morning paper and an afternoon paper. Oh. And that, um, you know, in some larger communities, that's been the case. And so it may be that the morning newspaper is the one that people tend to do things in rather than the evening. You know, you just have to, again, just be informed about what newspapers are in your area. We're back, and I'm your host, Lisa Louise Cook. Now let's head back to my conversation with Jane Lindsay and more about newspaper research. So, Jane, once you have found some of these great articles and interesting things, um, how do you work with newspaper articles once you get them back to your desk? And are, are you transcribing them? How are you entering them into your genealogy research to incorporate them? You know, I'm sort of in transition at the moment. Um, the fact that a lot of them are um, um, digitized, I've been saving like a, a copy of it, like a photo a copy of it. And so yeah. I have the actual article in the actual paper, and then I label it with the the date that I found, you know, and what page it was on. Um, if it's something that um, is short, I'll transcribe it. Uh, even if it's long, I'll transcribe it into my notes in my genealogy program. Um, I know people that don't have genealogy programs, and what they do is they just transcribe it into their um, word processing um, file that they're mm-hmm. doing research on and, and show them. But um, nowadays with the scanning and the OCR, it's pretty neat because you have the actual article, and you could actually refer that and even make a copy of it in a, in a book if you were printing it, if it was a significant article. Right. I think there really is a benefit, though, in transcribing, because you sometimes will catch little things that you didn't catch in your initial excitement for finding the article. True. That's true. Yeah. I, think, I think anything that you do to um, look at things carefully is, is really an important thing to suggest to people. <laughs> um, I've looked at things, and then 10 years later looked at them again and gone, oh, you know, I didn't see that. And that's pretty much the case, I think, with anything that you see in a newspaper article. Oh, you know, one other thing um, that I found in a newspaper that um, is very unique, uh, and this is not going to be for everybody, but I was doing research for this woman who had uh, family who were from all over the place, but they lived in Shanghai. Oh. And um, it was the funniest thing. Um, I was sitting on a plane, and I met a gentleman, and he happened to be into Asian studies, and he was telling me that... UC Berkeley had this newspaper called uh, the China Herald, mm. and it was published in English 
for English-speaking people in Shanghai. So if people were missionaries or something like that in another country, that also may, might be a venue for them to look for. But anyways, what was interesting was I found lots of articles about this family, but the one that was really interesting was they published the whole transcript of a divorce. Oh, my gosh. And, I mean, verbatim, the whole thing. Wow. It was like a page, a whole newspaper page long. And so you just never know what you're going to find. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. You hear about those things, and you think, oh, it's, it's sad for the folks at the time. But, boy, <laughs> it can be a wealth of information for us now, huh? It certainly can, and it gives a lot of information, you know, really a lot of information that you would normally not have you know, obtained from anything. Well, you touched on that earlier in our interview. You were talking about international papers or, or papers that were written for local communities that perhaps, you know, everybody came from Italy or that type of thing. Right. Tell us a little bit more about the, the nationality-oriented um, well, papers. Well, those are also um, published in that source that I was telling you about that I never can remember the name of, um, the, the Family History Library. Has, oh, I know where I can tell you what it is. The Family History Library has a copy of it, and it's um, it tells you all the newspapers, whether they're foreign or, you know, English-speaking, and um, I think it's Brigham's, Clarence, Clarence Brigham. I'll, I'll double-check when I, um, before we finish, okay, but um, they, you should always look in the town, especially if you know that there's a large contingent of um, a certain um, nationality or ethnic group. For example, in German, uh, in Cincinnati, there's a huge German contingent, mm-hmm. and so there were actually two, two German newspapers and they had them on microfilm at the Cincinnati Public Library, and I was there and had wonderful help from one of the librarians there who actually had enough information to point out on the page what was the obituary because it was so difficult to read. Uh, so and it was in German. It, though you could make a copy of it and blow it up and then have somebody translate it from German into English. And um, wow. much better information in that obituary than there would be in the U.S., uh, in the American-speaking or English-speaking one, Um, and many of them weren't in the English-speaking newspaper. They were only in the German newspaper. And there's there's other things, too. Like, I don't know, do you know about a newspaper called The Pilot? No, I haven't heard of it. An Irish newspaper that was published actually pretty much nationally, and um, in it they had these little queries when um, people were looking for their relatives or friends and um oh yes um, it's amazing they're all indexed um there was a big project on i think there's like nine volumes of it and actually i think it's online um and everybody thinks it's something to do with quakers because it's called missing friends oh but um i found a couple of really amazing things we were trying to prove that this man in san francisco was from massachusetts Mm -hmm. and his sister in massachusetts was looking for him and put a query, said she hadn't seen him in 25 years, and gave his name and where he last lived in Massachusetts. And so it was, you know, it was a great find. So these were immigrants who came to the States and oftentimes ended up getting separated or came at different times, and they were just trying to connect back up, weren't they? Right, exactly. Fascinating. And so a paper like this that has an ethnic focus, I'm assuming they wouldn't necessarily be a daily newspaper. You know, I think The Missing Friends was, it was either weekly or monthly, and I, I don't know that. Isn't that interesting? But um, 
they, it went on for a very long time, so there's a, a lot of information in the newspapers. I'm, I'm not sure if it was weekly or, um, or monthly, but I know um, one of my, my ancestors' brothers ran away from home, and they put it in there. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, and it was a local thing, but they put it in the newspaper for, in the whole country, you know, actually saw it. Does this book tell you where you would locate these papers? What it, what it did, um, it published the ad in its entirety in, in the book. It's not just an index. Oh. Um, so it tells you exactly what the ad is, and it does tell you um, what month, you know, what day, what year mm-hmm. the article was in. So there's really not a, a great need to go back to the original newspaper because the article or the ad is published in, in total. But um, what it does do is give you um, where you should write way back then if you have information on on this person. So that may give you a clue as to a relative or um, uh, a business where the person worked. Exactly, where they were located, and you can start tracing there as well. Oh, Oh, fascinating stuff. Well, as we're kind of wrapping up our time and talking about newspapers, do you have any final thoughts, stories, or, or tips that you want to share with the listeners that um, will help either inspire them or get them thinking about it, something else that maybe that they hadn't considered before in looking for papers? Well, I, I would definitely tell them to Google. Um, one of the things we didn't talk about, and I, we probably don't have time to go into it, is to go to google.com and go to advanced search. And um, there's a, on the advanced search, if you go down the page, there's a Google News. Oh, yes. And oftentimes you can put a person's name in there and, um, or a paper or a location and something will come up. Um, that's, that's becoming a phenomenal resource. Is so that more, def- are more recent papers? Um, not always. Um, there are, it just depends. Like, I've, I've found some fairly old stuff and um, then I found, you know, obviously more recent stuff. But you need to just be aware that that's happening and they are digitizing. Google's doing as much as some of the other groups are or they're cooperating yeah. with, with the other people that are digitizing. But I, I, I guess, you know, you've mentioned it a couple of times and I think it's important is that, you know, we can't do everything on the Internet. And you said earlier that, you know, there are thousands of newspapers that are not digitized. So you need to look at what way you should go about it. And one of the things that I've actually um, would recommend for most of your people is to look at that book that's published by Ancestry called The Source. Mm -hmm. They have a wonderful, um, huge chapter on, well, a lot of things, but they have a really good newspaper chapter. And it gives you um, really good bibliography on um, resources that are published that might give you some additional information Wonderful. for your research. Even if you locate newspapers on microfilm or whatever, it, it doesn't mean that it isn't on a digitized version either, does it? I mean, No, that, it doesn't. I mean, yeah. some of them are. Um, I think Footnotes program is they're going to digitize the top, tw- they're going to do 24 large cities. And so they, they actually even have the London Times on yeah. Footnote. But I think um, you'll see that different people have focuses. Um, the one that's called um, Early American Newspapers, I believe it's called, 1690 to 1876, there's a, uh, a plan to digitize every newspaper that was um, mentioned in that compilation of newspapers. Wow. So it will be a really amazing resource for really early, early newspapers. 
and it was done by, I'm hoping that I'm telling you right, I think it was by Clarence Brigham, but there's information about it. You know, if you just type Google early American newspapers, you could probably see more information about it. Boy, it's a, a wide range of resources, and oh, yeah. <laughs> it's changing so quickly. But I think that you've really laid out a groundwork for us as far as kind of where to look and what we're looking for, because sometimes right. that's half the battle, isn't it? <laughs> well, and, and too, you know, newspapers are, are really amazing because they are something that is um, a substitute for records that may have been destroyed, you know, like in the Civil War or, you know, in, if a town's had a fire and they've lost all their records, you may find that you can replicate records um, by using newspapers. So I think that's what really is wonderful about them. Exactly. And supplement them, too, because sometimes we forget once we, we locate the primary source, we think, okay, great, we've got that data, we move on. Right. And we forget that maybe somebody wrote about it, and they kind of embellished it with more of the, the context. Right. And, and you'll find even those are not always the same. Yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they're not the same. but. <laughs> Interesting, really interesting topic. So not everything we read in the newspaper is necessarily the truth today or yesterday. Right, it depends <laughs> on who's giving the information. <laughs> oh, Jane, thanks so much for joining us. This has been fascinating, and I hope that our listeners have a tremendous amount of good luck and good success in finding some of these fun and fascinating newspaper articles. Thanks well, so much for joining us. I hope us. they'll come and visit us at the California Genealogical Society, and we can help them with some of their newspaper research. Yes, very quickly, tell us what you have there at the facility. Um, well, we do have a lot of books that are not just California. Um, we have an incredibly good New England collection as well as a Pennsylvania collection. Um, so we do have quite a large, um, very varied um, selection of books, and we do have a card catalog on our website that um, people can look to see what we have. Ooh, and then we also subscribe to a number of websites that um, you know people can come and try them out and see if they like them, whether they want to subscribe to them at home. Um, we have volunteers that will help them to do the research, um, especially if they're not as comfortable with a computer as, you know, some people are not. Mm-hmm. And we have um, a lot of programs that are also on our website, on our calendar, that um, we would love to have people come and, and attend. Uh, for example, in October, we're having the New England Historic Genealogical Society um, come out um, Wonderful. on the 23rd of October, and they'll be here for an all-day seminar and then consultations on Saturday. So we're really looking forward to that, and we're going to make a really fun weekend out of it. Yes, tell us your web address. It's our, the abbreviation of our society, C-A-L-G-E-N-S, as in Sam, O-C, dot org. And when they go there, there's lots of different places that they can go to see activities and see our blog and our e-news and they'll be i'm sure pleasantly surprised again you know we don't have to worry about just tapping into our local societies there are societies all over the country putting together great information and great educational opportunities and certainly we can tap into them can't we yes and we hope they'll come and visit Oh, wonderful. Well, I will have a link to the California Genealogical Society on the webpage for this show. And and Jane, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you, Lisa. As I mentioned, Jane is a member of the California Genealogical Society and Library, which was founded in 1898. And it's a nonprofit organization that seeks to aid, educate, and encourage research in family history. 
Located in Oakland, California, the Society maintains a library and gathers and preserves genealogical information. Now, if you're interested in more information about searching for your ancestors, and believe me, they have a lot more than just California history at their library, you can plan a visit to the Society by calling area code 510-663-1358 or visiting their website at calgensoc.org. And before we wrap up this episode on newspapers, I want to mention that I got an email from listener Kathy Ott asking about the newspapers at the Genealogy Bank website that we mentioned here on the show. And just to clarify, in case anybody else has a question about how to access the newspaper databases and images on Genealogy Bank, it is a paid subscription website. So you do have to subscribe in order to access their newspaper databases. And finally, if you've signed up for my free e-newsletter, then you got word about my new video at the Genealogy Gems TV channel, which is on the YouTube.com website. It's an online tutorial for using the new Google News Timeline application for your genealogy research. You can find it at the Genealogy Gems TV channel at YouTube.com slash user slash Genealogy Gems. And I'll also have a link in the show notes for this episode that will take you directly to the video. And if you're a Genealogy Gems Premium member, then you just got access to the 11th video in my Google Video series, exclusively available to Premium members. It's called Using the Google News Archive for Genealogy. And that fits right into all this talk about newspapers. Google has not only current newspapers, but a complete archive of lots and lots of older newspapers. In this video, I'm going to take you deeper into that news archive and show you how to use it to its full potential. And the best part is that you can watch as I walk you through it in real time. Now, I don't know about you, but I really need to see how something's done and how it works to really feel comfortable going back to my computer and doing it myself. And as I said, this is one of a series which currently includes 10 other instructional videos that teach you how to get more out of Google than you ever imagined was there. And all of it is geared specifically for family researchers just like you. So here's more information on how to join us as a premium member and start using the videos and the members-only podcast episodes right away. Are you looking for a way to get even more genealogy gems that will power boost your research, inspire your creativity, and give you the motivation that you need to tackle that brick wall? will become a Genealogy Gems Premium member. You'll get two extra members-only episodes every month, packed with great information that you can use right away, an instructional video series walking you through the best internet tools step-by-step. Our current series is called Google, a Goldmine of Genealogy Gems, and in each episode, you can follow along with me as I show you online how to get the most out of Google. If you enjoy the Genealogy Gems podcast, then you're going to love being a premium member. But don't just take my word for it. Here's what your fellow podcast listeners have to say. This is Melissa Parker in Tennessee. I'm just calling to let you know how much I'm enjoying your Genealogy Podcast Premium Edition. I especially love the handwriting analysis with Paula Sassy. And all the tips and information that you give is just so wonderful. I would encourage anyone to become a member of your Genealogy Gems Podcast Premium. To become a premium member and start reaping the benefits right away, go to genealogygems.tv and click the Join Today button. 
And by entering a special coupon code, SAVE20, that's S-A-V-E-2-0, you will get 20% off the annual membership. Genealogy Gems Premium Membership. It's where you belong. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of the show. You'll find the show notes for this episode, which include all the links I've talked about at my website, genealogygems.com. And there you'll also discover a lot more tips and tools for finding your family history in my podcasts, the blog posts, books, and videos. Become a Genealogy Gems premium member, and you're also going to get access to exclusive content like my full-length video classes and the premium podcast episodes. We have a new one of those coming out every month. Now, if you have any questions about this episode, or if you'd like to share your experiences on how the podcast has impacted your own family history journey, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at genealogygemspodcast at gmail.com or leave a voicemail at 925-272-4021 and we might just play it here on the show. Thanks so much for listening, friend. I'll talk to you soon.